welcome to the Men in Lead podcast. What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode. This episode is going to be a solo episode because Mike, my fave co-host, Mike Fave, Mikey, Mike Meister, Mikester, Mike Zilla, whatever you like to call him, is not joining me today. So I'm going to have a special episode where I'm going to talk about pyruvate for you guys. So I already did a, um, a video a while back about pyruvate and how it's great for anti-aging, how it's great for against you know cells that become senescent. So it rescues proper energy metabolism and allows cells to work normally again. So instead of just going over that one study I discussed in that video, I'm just going to add that video into this one. So I'm going to discuss various other benefits of pyruvate with you guys as well. And I'm just going to add that in there. So that was pyruvate in association with um, basically anti-aging, how it's a really great supplement and tool to prevent cellular senescence prevent that zombie cell formation, how it's great for restoring proper energy production, lowering inflammation, being protective against COVID, diabetes, all kinds of good stuff. So um, you guys will see when or notice when that this video switched over to the next one. But it's part of uh, the concept part of talking about pyruvate. So this whole podcast video, whatever you're, where you're listening to this, is going to be about pyruvate. And then I want to discuss with you various different benefits of pyruvate. So first of all, I want to talk to you about the effect that pyruvate has on muscle function, preventing sarcopenia, and then also how the benefits it has on the brain as a nootropic and restoring proper energy metabolism, helping with all those kind of aspects. And then lastly, the other video that I'm going to add in is going to be about pyruvate and the effect on aging, cellular senescence, and all that kind of good stuff. All right, guys. So this is obviously not... Um, I would say all of the benefits of pyruvate, but there is a, a universal effect that pyruvate has, and it's basically anti-inflammatory, predicts DNA damage, restoring proper energy production. That, that's kind of like the key principle here. And once you can restore proper energy production, that's when everything in the body starts to work correctly again, and you get a decrease in oxidative stress, a decrease in inflammation, and everything that happens with aging is then decreased or stopped because you're basically solving that energy problem. All right, guys, let's dive into it. The first study is going to be about the sarcopenia. Let me just find this correct one. So the first study is pyruvate might breach gut microbiome and muscle health in aging mice after chronic high-dose leucine supplementation. So in short, what happens here is that they give these animals pyruvate. Well, I mean leucine, sorry. And then leucine modulated the microbiome in a certain way that allowed for there to be more pyruvate available. So there are certain microbes in the intestine that use pyruvate as a fuel and then create propionate, which is a, is a short chain fatty acid, which is actually elevated in various pathological conditions. So access propionate is not a good thing. And leucine helped to shift the microbiome to prevent that axis fermentation of pyruvate, increasing the availability of pyruvate, and thus can like helping muscle health against aging. So it prevents sarcopenia. So I'm not going to read through the whole study. I'm just going to skip down here to the end. 
where they basically talk about the power of it section. Um, let me scroll down. So here, just a paragraph above, you can you guys can check out this article if you, if you want on a separate, if you're interested in it. Um, but basically they're talking about this whole concept that they focus on chronic high dose of leucine activates AMPK, CERT1 and PGC1-alpha signaling pathway. So you might be aware of this pathway via fasting or cardio upregulates AMPK. So it's like, how can high dose leucine activate this pathway when leucine is kind of like that rate limited uh, factor when it comes to activation of mTOR? So mTOR and AMPK, it's kind of like opposing pathways. So mTOR signals anabolism and AMPK signals kind of like catabolism in a way that it, um, you know, stimulates autophagy. That is one of the things that it can do. So bodybuilders don't necessarily want to upregulate AMPK to the extent where it will inhibit muscle protein synthesis. But when you take leucine, it's still that ratio between the mTOR and leucine, I mean, AMPK, that's going to matter the most. That's going to determine anabolism. So they say that the high dose leucine activates this AMPK pathway um, to regulate the expression of proteins related to lipid metabolism, such as this PPAR gamma, muscle atrophy, FOXO3A and atrogen 1, and muscle protein synthesis. And then decreased protein levels of this catabolism enzymes, as well as increasing protein levels of this anabolic enzymes, indicate that leucine could enhance muscle protein synthesis and alleviate atrophy in skeletal muscle after high dose of leucine gavage in the current study, the present study. So PPAR gamma, a well-known master regulator of adipocyte differentiation with whose depletion was completely devoid of adipose tissue. So uh, PPAR is actually, so there are drugs that activate this enzyme, which then promote the synthesis of new adipose tissue, and that enhances insulin sensitivity. So what happens in a pathological condition is your fat cells uh, become enlarged and enlarged and enlarged and become inflamed. Instead of creating more fat cells, you want smaller, more fat cells instead of less, larger inflamed fat cells. So activating activation of this PPAR gamma can actually be beneficial in creating adipose tissue, reducing inflammation and improving insulin sensitivity. Um, but I specifically, I want to talk to you about, they basically say here, that's the increase in PPAR gamma levels. In the presence that it might have something to do with myogenesis. So this PPAR gamma can also be involved with muscle protein synthesis and whatnot. So here they talk about the effect on the microbiome. Similarly, six-week old mice received 1% leucine, also reduced the alpha and beta diversities of the gut microbiota. Additionally, Firmacutus and Bacteroides ratio was decreased gradually at doses of leucine increased. As is known to all, Firmacutus and Bacteroides are two groups of beneficial and dominant bacteria in the gut increasing ratio of which was closely related to body weight loss. The previous studies also demonstrated that chronic leucine supplementation played a role in anti-obesity by lowering body weight and white adipose tissue weight. Therefore, leucine supplementation in the present study might cause changes in the gut microbiota associated with losing body weight or adipose tissue weight. And when they talk about the microbiota, they talk about, they conclude therefore gut microbiota may relate to the effect of leucine supplementation to promote muscle health in aging mice. So by modulating the microbiome, we see an improvement in gut health, first of all, and then also muscle health. And a lot of things like metformin, berberine, all those kind of things that have 
supposedly have a positive impact, impact on the body, on glucose levels, fat loss, insulin sensitivities, those kind of stuff that also modulate the gut. And a lot of studies would make the argument because it modulates the gut, it has a beneficial effect, but I wouldn't go too far to say it's that specific, but um, by modulating the gut specifically in this study, it was found that there was more pyruvate available that had a benefit on the muscle. So leucine specifically by modulating the gut had a beneficial effect on the muscle as well. So pyruvate is a three carbon intermediate compound between the glycolysis pathway that exerts an important role in oxidation and energy supply. Several published studies have demonstrated that pyruvate could induce weight loss and fat loss in animals and humans by influencing energy metabolism. Remarkably high dose of leucine supplementation induced significant higher pyruvate levels in the feces in the present study. Additionally, impaired mitochondrial pyruvate uptake led to significantly decreased adiposity in skeletal muscle with complete muscle mass and strength retention, which highlighted the potential utility of modulating muscle pyruvate utilization to ameliorate obesity. So basically when people don't have enough pyruvate absorption in the gut or at least enough pyruvate production in the muscle in the brain and whatnot, there's an increase in fat storage in that muscle and there's a decrease, there's an increase in muscle catabolism. So you have less muscle mass, less strength, and there's an increase in fat in that muscle. So that is a really subpar condition that you're in. And then by increasing pyruvate, you can reduce fat in the muscle and increase hypertrophy or muscle mass and strength and in, in, um, basically retain muscle function as you age. Then muscle aging was known to be accompanied by with and exacerbated by adiposity. Furthermore, the pyruvate levels were reported to increase AMP to ATP and ADP to ATP ratio to subsequently activate AMPK and then control metabolism in aging. So I found this quite interesting. It wasn't just anabolic, but it also activated this AMPK pathway that improved insulin sensitivity and all those kind of good stuff. This is one thing that fructose can actually also do. So fructose, um, initially, one of the first steps is that it uses ATP to be phosphorylated into one of the steps in glycolysis. And by using ATP, it's converted into ADP and AMP. And some people would say that's a bad thing, but it activates AMPK and improves insulin sensitivity, glucose and fat utilization, metabolism, increases mitochondrial biogenesis, regulates the proper balance between autophagy and mitochondrial biogenesis. So that is a good thing by increasing the AMP and ADP to ATP ratio, which pyruvate and fructose can do. And as a side note, pyruvate is produced from glucose and fructose. Both glucose and fructose can produce pyruvate and can kind of, kind of like have the same effect. So AMPK, a high sensitivity, a sensitively nutrient and energy sensor, was also activated in the study in the quadriceps. Besides CERT1 and PGC1-alpha, two famous molecule targets of anti-aging, anti-muscle aging, related to AMPK phosphorylation. So pyruvate glucose fructose by increasing AMPK can have anti-aging effects specifically in the muscle by increasing AMPK. So I found this study to be really interesting in that regard that it has this beneficial effect on muscle mass and all kind of good stuff. All right, to dive into the next study, We go to the brain. So this study looked at chronic pyruvate supplementation increases exploratory activity and brain energy reserves in young and middle-aged mice. So we know that glucose is 
the brain requires glucose to function normally and ketones can substitute to a degree for glucose, but not completely. You still need glucose for a healthy functioning brain because pyruvate has different functions and actions and properties that ketones do not provide. So you need that pyruvate, you need that glucose. That's why your brain, your body is always producing glucose to supply that for the brain. So it would actually be an interesting experiment if people on a ketogenic diet or a low carb diet would take additional pyruvate and see if that can like benefit their overall health and their function. So one of the things that I notice always when I drop my carbs too low, which would be below 200 grams on a daily basis, is that my blood sugar is normal, it's fine. It's always been normal and fine. Um, you know, blood sugar regulation, I'm, I'm not hungry and there's nothing funny going on, but I don't feel as energized. My mood is not as good. I don't feel as light and happy when I don't have enough glucose. Um, you know, so you still feel good. You can still laugh. You can still have a good time, but I just feel like a more heavier, tired feeling when I don't have enough glucose in my system. And by taking, you know, glucose, fructose, or pyruvate can have that alleviating effect, make you feel great again. So this is specifically to the brain. Let's look at what the study says. So independent of age, long-term pyruvate increases explorative behavior, which likely likely explains the paradoxical impairment in passive avoidance. So in animals, there's various different ways that you can test how a compound affects these animals. And they basically checked, like the older an animal gets, the higher their serotonin, the higher their cortisol, the older they become, the more they go into a state of avoidance. They don't explore. They don't have that confidence. And then by giving them pyruvate, restored that confidence and they were going out to explore. And that all depends on, you know, um, how effectively your brain is producing energy. So metabolic post-mortem essays, that means they, uh, they, they killed the rats, they looked at their brains to see what's going on, revealed increased energy compounds in nuclear magnetic resonance spectro spectroscopy, as well as increased the brain glycogen storage in the pyruvate group. So it increased the brain glycogen stores. So these mice was not on a low-carb diet, but the older they get, the less their brain could store glycogen. And giving them pyruvate, increase their brain glycogen, allowed them to produce energy normally. So it's not always a case of you don't have enough glucose. It's a case of you might not have enough pyruvate or that pyruvate is not being used effectively. So pyruvate supplementation may counteract age-related behavioral impairment, but its, beneficial, but its beneficial effects seem related to increased explorative activity rather than direct memory enhancement. They say it doesn't really enhance memory, but there are studies that I'm going to show you now that it can enhance all you know, cognitive functions, including memory enhancement. All right, so this study was also looking at compounds that can enhance brain function, active nootropics, or metabolic agents that enhance ATP can improve cognitive functioning, a review of the evidence of glucose, oxygen, pyruvate, creatine, and carnitine. So when it comes to optimizing brain function, the first thing I would do is, you know, you have enough glucose, and you optimize your thyroid function. Thyroid is going to be absolutely essential for optimizing cellular function and promoting glucose oxidation. If you don't have enough thyroid, your brain and the rest of the body will really struggle to utilize that glucose and fat adequately. You, don't, you will not be producing energy as good. But I don't want to look at glucose now. For this podcast, I want to look at the pyruvate. So neural cell death resulting from hypoglycemia and hypoxia is the result of a series of events triggered by reduced energy availability 
And the normalization of blood glucose and oxygen levels does not necessarily block or reverse this cell death process once it has begun. So by if you're getting hyperglycemia, which a, few, a lot of people actually do, that can cause problems in the brain like neural cell death. And it might not seem prominent, you know, in your 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe even. But as you get older, 60s, 70s, 80s, that becomes really more prominent. You sort of get things. You don't know what you're doing. You go into a room. It's like, okay, what am I doing in this room? I forgot what I was going to do. So, you know, it has an accumulative effect. And then, okay, oh, I'm getting hypoglycemia. I should have some, you know, carbohydrates. That doesn't prevent that cell death process once it has begun. But interestingly, giving pyruvate can stop that effect. So pyruvate and neuroprotection. Recent research have shown that cells that would otherwise die after the cascade of excitotoxic, um, excitototic, excitototic activity, excitototic activity would be rescued by providing pyruvate. Insulin was used to induce hypoglycemia and then terminated through glucose administration and or combined glucose and pyruvate administration. So two conditions. Both groups had hypoglycemia. One that they gave glucose, the other one they gave glucose and pyruvate. The results of the study showed that in the four brain regions studied, combined pyruvate and glucose administration led to a reduction in neural death by 70 to 90%, which was significantly better than just giving glucose alone. To increase neural survival was also observed when pyruvate delivery was delayed for up to three hours. So specifically in people that tend to get TBI, like a traumatic brain injury, like boxers, um, I don't know, wrestlers, any like soccer players, football players, any people that get head trauma, even though it's not significant, will get this neurological damage and excitotoxic damage, you know, increase in intracellular calcium, increase in excess nitric oxide production that causes oxidative stress, inflammation, neural cell death. That will lead to brain disorders later on in life. This can be rescued by using pyruvate. So if you're into an extreme sport like football, boxing, even soccer, you know, you can benefit from taking pyruvate before and after the game because that will help to protect your neurons against cell death. But this is not a complete uh, guarantee that you will never get uh, degenerative conditions in the brain because it only reduced the neural death by 70 to 90%. That is a, a significant amount, but you're still getting some amounts of neural death and that can still accumulate over time. But obviously, if you're interested in you know, neuroprotection, I would not just use pyruvate. You can also use things like creatine, methylene blue, um, alpha lipoic acid, pyruvate. There's various different compounds that will help, including taurine, that will restore proper glucose oxidation, have antioxidant, anti-inflammatory properties that will prevent um, cell death and neuro damage, preventing that risk of getting some kind of neurodegenerative condition as you age. So you et al. found that ethylpyruvate affords strong protection against the delayed cerebral ischemia injury with significant reduction in infarct volume accompanied by the um, suppression of clinical manifestation associated with cerebral ischemia, including motor impairment and neurological deficits. So um, when, you, when we talk about pyruvate, there's different forms of pyruvate. We get the calcium pyruvate. That's the most common one. That's the one I got from bulk supplements that I also use. You get the sodium pyruvate that's not as um, readily available. That's also a good one. But then you get ethyl pyruvate, which you can buy from Idea Labs in the product called Pyrosed. So ethyl pyruvate is really cool because it's fat soluble. So that allows it to 
can like enter more areas of the brain than calcium pyruvate and it stays there for longer because it's fat soluble. So it can have a, um, a much longer and stronger anti-inflammatory and protective effect. And also it has additional anti-inflammatory properties that normal calcium or sodium pyruvate does not have. Very interesting. So that's why I usually combine calcium pyruvate with ethyl pyruvate. And the reason for that is because so the reason I combine the ethyl pyruvate with the calcium pyruvate is because there is a study that suggests that humans don't have the enzyme that breaks down ethyl pyruvate into pyruvate. So ethyl pyruvate still has unique benefits, but the thing is it, that pyruvate can then not be used by the enzyme pyruvate dehydrogenase. So pyruvate dehydrogenase, and I'll explain this later in the podcast, is that kind of like that rate-limited enzyme for proper energy production from glucose. So pyruvate is amazing because it provides the substrate, it provides pyruvate, and it also stimulates the enzyme pyruvate dehydrogenase. That's kind of like a double whammy benefit. But if you use ethyl pyruvate, it only stimulates pyruvate dehydrogenase, but it does not provide the substrate for that enzyme. So if you combine ethyl pyruvate with calcium pyruvate, you again get that double whammy, a very strong activation of pyruvate dehydrogenase, and then also a strong substrate for that enzyme and then you get the benefits from both the calcium and the ethyl pyruvate so that's kind of like what i do and i feel that has a superior benefit uh, let me go back to the study so going forward so pyruvate infused into the medial septum is capable of reversing the memory impairing actions of morphine hypocampal infusion has demonstrated reversal of memory impairments effect by septal muscomol agaba a receptor agonist Mild hypoglycemic conditions in rat um, hippocampal slices interfere with long-term potentiation induction. So long-term potentiation is that uh, basically involved in memory formation. So that's what the previous study talked about. Uh, pyruvate might not help with long-term potentiation, but when you don't have enough glucose available or you get hypoglycemia, you can't form that long-term memories very well. And so giving pyruvate in this condition can then rescue that and promote long-term potentiation and that memory storage in the long run. So it has been demonstrated that when glucose is unavailable, pyruvate is capable of promoting long-term potentiation in uh, the CA1 region of the brain hippocampal slices. Also impaired energy metabolism is an early prominent feature in Alzheimer's disease and is believed that impaired cerebral oxidative glucose metabolism is responsible at least in part for cognitive impairment in Alzheimer's disease. Impairment in glucose utilization in the central nervous system has been proposed as a possible cause of dementia in Alzheimer's disease. So uh, kind of like Alzheimer's disease is also known as type three diabetes. And in all kinds of diabetes, you don't use your glucose effectively. That's the whole point of diabetes. So giving pyruvate can rescue that defect of glucose oxidation and that can rescue dementia, possibly even Alzheimer's disease, but always, Prevention is better than cure, as they always say. So research have demonstrated that in both animals and humans, increased cerebrospinal pyruvate is a biomarker of Alzheimer's disease. And a significant reduction in pyruvate dehydrogenase, the enzyme responsible for transformation of pyruvate into acetyl coenzyme A by pyruvate de, uh, decarboxylation for use in the citric acid cycle. So they have elevated pyruvate, but the thing is they can't use pyruvate. So giving them something like ethyl pyruvate to stimulate pyruvate dehydrogenase 
can be really beneficial. But uh, pyruvate hydrogenase has many different cofactors like vitamin B1, 2, 3, alpha lipoic acid, magnesium, uh, B5. It's essential for pyruvate dehydrogenase to work um, normally. Okay, so since pyruvate administration appears to be quite safe, aside from mild side effects such as the occasional stomach upset and diarrhea, which I've never experienced up to five grams a day, pyruvate therapy might uh, represent an excellent candidate for therapy in diseases states that a comorbidity in energetic dysfunction. So again, just as a conclusion, pyruvate is extremely important for normal brain energy production. If you don't have enough of that, then you don't really want to explore. You don't want to think. You can't store memories properly. You start to get dementia, memory loss, Alzheimer's disease. Um, you're not as happy. You can't think as properly. You're not as creative. All of those things can is a result of not using your pyruvate sufficiently. So now you might think like, why want to supply my body with my more pyruvate if my body can't use it? Because as I mentioned, it's a downregulation of the pyruvate dehydrogenase. And pyruvate stimulates that enzyme so that your body can use the pyruvate. And I would rather go for then um, ethyl pyruvate because the ethyl pyruvate would not provide additional substrates since you already have enough, but it will stimulate that enzyme to use the pyruvate that you already have. All right, <clears throat> more benefits on uh, uh, pyruvate in the brain. So I specifically just want to read you this quote because it shows the effects, the, the difference between the pyruvate, glucose, and ketones. So carbon excites, exits the TCA cycle, needs to be replaced to maintain TCA cycle activity, a process called anaplerosis. Via pyruvate, glucose is an important contributor to anaplerosis, such that when brain glucose uptake is impaired, not only ATP production, but also anaplerosis is adversely affected. So ketones can replace glucose as a source of acetylcholine A, but they are not anaplerotic. So let's look at the graph. They had a graph here somewhere. I could swear they had a graph. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they don't have a graph. So what they mean with that, with the intermediates, is that when glucose, the pyruvate, is converted by pyruvate dehydrogenase, it's converted into acetylcholine A, which can then be used in the TCA cycle to create citric acid. But the pyruvate can also be metabolized by pyruvate carboxylase to oxaloacetate, which is the intermediate used also in the TCA cycle and can be used to create glucose again, like uh, through gluconeogenesis. So these intermediates like oxaloacetate, citric acid, malic acid, succinic acid, those kind of stuff are intermediates of the TCA cycle. So only pyruvate can help to replenish those intermediates. You need the pyruvate to replenish the intermediates. Ketones can't do that. So ketones can help to produce energy and are protective, but they can't substitute pyruvate. So that's why if you really want to optimize your brain function, don't just use ketones. Try to add pyruvate as well. I would go for 
calcium pyruvate, at least 2.5 to 5 grams of calcium pyruvate, and throw some ethyl pyruvate at about like 250 to 500 milligrams of ethyl pyruvate on top of that, and then throw your ketones on top of that. And that would be a really good nootropic stack for, you know, enhancing that whole energy production cycle without depleting some of the intermediates in the DCA cycle. All right, going back. Now I want to look at, um, this is a study, the dopamine dream team stack article that I wrote. So dopamine dream team stack, try this for later sharp focus and euphoria, includes creatine, PRL853 nootropic, paracetam and pyrocyte. So let's dive into specifically the pyruvate. And this talks about just some of the benefits that it has for, again, brain again, brain uh, function, energy production, how that makes you feel and you can focus, feel creative and euphoria. So this would be the foundation that I would always go for. And I would throw in a B complex because the B vitamins is extremely important for producing energy in the brain. So pyruvate is neuroprotective by reducing oxidative stress. Reactive oxygen species produced by electron transfer chain through hypoxia, lipid oxidation, NOx and INOS, et cetera, inhibit glucose oxidation and contribute to brain disorders such as Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, et cetera. Pyruvate quenches ROS, including hydrogen peroxide, superoxide, peroxynitrite, and can help to protect against neurological damage. So this is very helpful for people, again, that have TBI or engage in a sport that's very, a uh, lot of contact, especially in the head. In a mouse model of Parkinson's disease, the administration of ethyl pyruvate and ethyl ester of pyruvate that is hydrolyzed into pyruvate and ethanol, and this is an animal, it's not really hydrolyzed in humans into pyruvate and ethanol, protects substrata nigra neurons from oxidative neurotoxicity, which is attributed to metabolic protection provided by pyruvate metabolism. So I would still combine calcium pyruvate with ethyl pyruvate for all of the additional benefits. So additional studies have shown that ethyl pyruvate administration inhibits reactive nitrogen species and ROS damage and protects damage neurons from peroxide-induced damage. A potential hypothesis explained the protective effect of pyruvate relies on the oxidation of pyruvate and subsequent generation of NADH, which can then be converted into the mitochondria uh, NADPH uh, that reduces NOS by replenishing reduced glutathione. So pyruvate increases glutathione that protects the cells against oxidative stress, the oxidation, all those kind of stuff. So that's the protective side of uh, bonus. Then we go into pyruvate enhances neural energy levels. And we already talked a lot about kind of like, you know, that energy metabolism is so important and that people with Alzheimer's disease and so on have a reduction in proper energy production. So ATP is needed for the uptake of glutamate. And when astrocyte glucose uptake and oxidation is impaired, astrocytes lack the energy to sufficiently clear glutamate from synapses. This leads to excitotoxic neurotoxicity, defined in part by reduced, I mean, increased ROS and mitochondrial dysfunction and neural death. Astrocytes in mice fed pyruvate and 3-beta-hydroxybutyrate had twice the glycogen source compared to normal diet control. So when you don't produce enough ATP, you have more glutamate in the synapses. And glutamate is excitatory that can help you to focus, make you initially feel, oh, it feels so great. But in the long run, that's going to be create uh, toxicity and neural death. So you need that ATP to clear it from the synapses so that it doesn't cause neurotoxicity. And then it basically talks here about pyruvate protects against a variety of degenerative conditions, uh, specifically diabetic neuropathy, cataracts, um, beta cell death, 
It also increases exploratory behavior. We already talked about that. It activates brown adipose tissue and increases levels of uncoupling protein that can help with fat loss. It improves memory. And basically the reason is that it stimulates pyruvate dehydrogenase and can also be used as a substrate for that enzyme. So it lowers lactate and increases the pyruvate to lactate and NAD to NADH ratio, which shifts the cell from a reduced state to an oxidative state, oxidative state that produces energy much more effectively. So you have to also show that two studies in a certain worm concluded that long-term, the long lifespan is dependent on uh, pyruvate dehydrogenase activity noting that inhibition of pyruvate dehydrogenase reduces lifespan and that inhibition of pyruvate dehydrogenase kinase, which is the enzyme that inhibits pyruvate dehydrogenase, increases lifespan. So based on this pyruvate, ethyl pyruvate, and other compounds that increase pyruvate dehydrogenase, just as B1, calcium, magnesium, should be taken to be able to enhance lifespan or at least health span. That's very interesting. So lastly, I want to talk about pyruvate increases dopamine. And I think this is one of the main reasons why it increases exploratory behavior. So high dopamine promotes uh, the, uh, the desire to explore. You want to explore new things, do new things, you have energy. And that's kind of like driven by dopamine. So pyruvate increases dopamine is not direct evidence, but there's a correlation I'm going to read to you. So apart from improving energy production, pyruvate can also increase dopamine release. Although I can't find a study showing that pyruvate increases dopamine, its ability to increase pyruvate dehydrogenase is able to increase dopamine. So pyruvate dehydrogenase itself increases dopamine and anything that promotes pyruvate dehydrogenase can increase dopamine. So TTFD, which is a um, like a fat-soluble derivative of thiamine, also known as L-theamine, increases dopamine release in the medial prefrontal cortex through energetic and signaling roles in enhancing sodium permeability. These effects are likely exerted by L-theamine, a cofactor for pyruvate dehydrogenase, which supports glucose metabolism in skeletal muscle or just anywhere in the body. It promotes proper glucose oxidation. So by increasing glucose oxidation and brain energetics, pyruvate is able to increase dopamine, make you feel amazing. This is exactly what you want. If you want to be an alpha energy male, you want optimal brain energy levels, you want high dopamine, and pyruvate can give this to you. Pyruvate is so unique that you can either eat enough glucose that will provide you with pyruvate. But as a previous study mentioned, as you get older, your body doesn't make as much pyruvate and it doesn't use that pyruvate as effectively. So using calcium pyruvate and ethyl pyruvate and cofactors for pyruvate dehydrogenase, like B1, 2, 3, 5, alpha lipoic acid, magnesium, and B5, I forgot if I mentioned B5, that those are the cofactors will ensure proper pyruvate levels and pyruvate oxidation, and that will support proper energy production and give you the brain of a young person, of a young person that is normally functioning. So that is it for talking about muscle health, brain health, and now I want to talk to you about um, the effect that pyruvate will have on the anti-aging benefits, anti-inflammatory, anti-COVID. So I'm just going to link to that video for you guys. Um, so if you're in this transition, don't switch off. I'm just switching to that video because I don't, I'm not going to revisit that study if I've already done so the best. All right, guys, enjoy. I'm going to share with you a secret that the ultimate anti-aging Diet is not low-carb ketogenic diet. On the contrary, it's actually by consuming carbohydrates. Carbohydrates 
have strong anti-aging effects so you want to avoid going into a low carb diet because you will be missing out on that benefits of consuming carbohydrates so this video is multifactorial because i want to talk about the best macronutrient for longevity and also the supplements for longevity so i already mentioned it's carbohydrates that have strong anti-aging effects and this is because carbohydrates are metabolized into what is called pyruvate and fat cannot be metabolized into pyruvate so glucose and fructose is comes is absorbed into the body through the gut goes to the liver goes into the blood um, where it then travels and is absorbed into cells regardless if it's glucose or fructose it's absorbed into the cells and both glucose and fructose lactose any kind of carbohydrate molecule is then metabolized into pyruvate through glycolysis the end product of glycolysis is a 10-step process with the breakdown happens of glucose chup, 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 breakdown all the way into pyruvate pyruvate is then transported into the mitochondria converted by pyruvate dehydrogenase into acetyl coenzyme a where it can be used by the krebs cycle to generate energy so the magic molecule here is pyruvate on a low carb diet you have low pyruvate so on a high carb diet you will have more pyruvate and pyruvate has very strong anti-aging effects it increases nad it's protective against dna damage it's very protective at against cancer because it restores proper energy production so in cancer you have elevated lactate and upregulated glycolysis and low nad so the thing is pyruvate can restore normal oxidative phosphorylation by enhancing pyruvate dehydrogenase enzyme so glycolysis is the first step in the cytosol of the cell this is the mitochondria here is pyruvate dehydrogenase glucose is metabolized into pyruvate um, pyruvate pyruvate enters into the mitochondria where it can then be processed so pyruvate allows for that complete process to happen into the mitochondria where it's been metabolized in the krebs cycle and used in the electron sample chain but without that pyruvate Glucose is being wasted through glycolysis to lactate, which is the uh, metabolic poison. And this is what is happening in cancer cells and also in senescent cells. So senescent cells are basically cells that have elevated glycolysis. So glucose is being wasted and glucose is being wasted to lactate. And there's in proper oxidative phosphorylation so these cells don't produce a lot of energy but they produce a lot of lactate so by restoring proper energy production you can kind of like reverse the senescent cells back to normal so it has strong anti-senescent effects so it prevents that accumulation of senescent cells which then has very strong youth promoting effects so the two most powerful benefits or there's a few there's, there's so many benefits to pyruvate but the two main ones that i want to talk about is that pyruvate increases nad levels very very effectively and it increases pyruvate dehydrogenase so it stimulates a complete oxidative phosphorylation and it has anti-senescent cell properties it acts as a senolytic so that's very cool because a lot of these anti-aging protocols these days that contains supplements that contains quercetin fisetin and all this stuff is meant to act as anti-senolytics and you can just consume glucose that's going to convert into pyruvate and pyruvate will have that same effect it's very powerful so instead of going all these hippie-jibbie supplements let's stick to the basics get that pyruvate restore proper energy metabolism and you are on your way to remaining youthful that's basically the thing Un unless you are already in a not so good state 
then you can reverse yourself back to a normal state by increasing NAD and using basically pyruvate restoring a proper energy metabolism. So this is one study. So that's basically the intro. Um, if that's all you watch, that's all you watch. But I'm going to go into the study so that you know that's where I get my information from. And so it's going to be a long one, but stick with it. It's going to be very, very fascinating. So this is an awesome 2021 study that just came out on the end of October looking at NAD, Synolytics, or Pyruvate for healthy aging. So I went through the study, highlighted what is important. So basically, Pyruvate is one of the key metabolites of canonical canonical glycolysis in cytosol which connects the glucose oxidative phosphorylation in mitochondria and produced from lactate oxidation by lactate dehydrogenase so as i mentioned pyruvate can either enter into the mitochondria to be used to the, by the krebs cycle or it can be converted into lactate which is basically upright so lactate dehydrogenase is the enzyme that converts pyruvate into lactate but it can also go the other way that converts lactate into pyruvate and this is dependent on the amount of pyruvate to lactate so if, if you have a low pyruvate but more lactate more of that lactate will be converted into pyruvate and if you're a lot of pyruvate a little bit of lactate more can convert into lactate so the the, the benefit to lactate dehydrogenase if you look at this image here is that it takes nadh and converts it back into nad so the problem is if you have low nad to begin with then lactate dehydrogenase will be upregulated to enhance the production of nad but this is not the way you want to enhance NAD. And also in cancer cells, glycolysis, this is where glucose is being broken down into pyruvate, is upregulated. Now, NAD is used by this G3PD enzyme. So if glycolysis is upregulated, you quickly deplete NAD. So it has to go to lactate to regenerate that NAD to continue to produce energy. So this is kind of like a really insufficient energy production cycle. You want it to go into the mitochondria right here through pyruvate dehydrogenase or pyruvate carboxylase where it can be used in the TCA cycle that produces NADH that can be used by the electron transfer chain. So you can see, I'll get more to into this later, but so this is basically energy production from glucose. It is well known that cellular NAD level is going down with aging and diseases and boosting NAD content or preserving NAD homeostasis is health protective. So that NAD is also called the molecule of youth in health and nutrition markets. So just by taking pyruvate, exogenous pyruvate, can upregulate hypoxia-inducible factor and the EPO. So you get an increased production of red blood cells and that can improve tissue oxygenation, which is very important to prevent that hypoxia um, to allow cells to uh, work better. So the whole problem is that when cells don't get enough oxygen, glycolysis become upregulated and it goes to lactate. So this is basically, as you restore oxygen, glycolysis can slow down and go back to the normal oxidative phosphorylation it should be. Also, pyruvate can then increase NAD because lactate, because it shifts that pyruvate to lactate ratio. So it can shift more pyruvate into lactate while preventing an access reduction state of the cell and regenerating NAD. It also inhibits aldose reductase, so it inhibits the sorbitol pathway, which is upregulated in cancer. So pyruvate also upregulates pyruvate dehydrogenase, which is the enzyme that converts it converts pyruvate into acetyl coenzyme A that can be used by the Krebs cycle. It also enhances pyruvate carboxylase that converts it pyruvate into axolo, um, oxaloacetate that can also be used in the Krebs cycle. Very important. So by restoring normal energy production has strong effects against senescent cells. So it acts as a senolytic. So because senescent cells don't produce energy very effectively. 
So you're in another study where they discuss the, potent, the clinical potential of senolytic drugs. So the biological processes that underlie aging phenotypes and are also active in the nidus of most chronic diseases include, so this is basically this, these four points that I discuss here is why senescent cells happen in the first place, why these cells become dysfunctional. So chronic low-grade sterol in the absence of known pathogens, inflammation, so it's low-grade inflammation, also known as inflammaging. Macromolecular and organelle dysfunction example changes in DNA proteins and carbohydrates, lipids, or mitochondria. So the cool thing is pyruvate is actually very protective against DNA damage. And then also stem and prognator cell dysfunction and increase the burden of senescent cells itself. So these are just four main reasons why cells can become dysfunctional and become senescent. So markers of senescent cells include increase in cell size, lipofuscin accumulation, high expression of cell cycle regulators. So there's a lot of different factors that I discuss here that are signs of senescent cells. And none of these really focus on it has a decrease in energy production. So this is very important because a lot of people get lost in the details, shmeetails of these stuff. So, oh, so complicated, you know, have to get specific things that will antagonize and agonize these pathways and regulate it. So, None of these markers are fully sensitive or specific. So combinations of them are needed to draw conclusions about effects of diseases or interventions on senescent cell numbers. So see, see, they want to make it really complicated. But the cool thing about this study is that it basically shows that pyruvate has anti-senolytic effects. It has senolytic effects by restoring energy production. So that basically shows you that cells become senescent because they can't produce energy as effectively anymore. So by restoring energy production, you can prevent senescent cells from forming in the first place. So direction of lactate dehydrogenase redox reaction occurs spontaneously in each cell dependent on the law of mass action of reactive substrate, the ratio of pyruvate to lactate and the dehydrogenase activity. So what I'm mentioning is like if you have a lot of pyruvate and a little bit of lactate, more pyruvate can go to lactate and that will help to recycle NADH back into NAD. But if you have little pyruvate and a lot of lactate, that lactate can go back into pyruvate, but that will take NAD to create NADH. So that's not a good way to go about it. And also, um, the cool thing is that if you use quinones like PQQ, beta-lapachone, thymoquinone found in black cumin or imodin, they basically activate that lactate dehydrogenase in the pathway that shifts the lactate back into pyruvate. So instead of pyruvate going into lactate, it takes that lactate that you have and shifts it back to pyruvate so it has strong anti-cancer effects. So it restores that normal energy production because quinones are very good at recycling NADH back into NAD. And I have a very good video on that discussing the ultimate stack on increasing NAD. And I will link that for you guys. So pyruvate also suppresses the stimulated sorbitol pathway in disease as such as diabetes, reducing the NAD consumption and preserving the NAD to NADH ratio. Additionally, pyruvate promotes oxidative phosphorylation, reconverting NADH to NAD in the electron transport chain and pro uh, producing ATP in the mitochondria. So just to clarify, let's go back to the graph. You can see this is glycolysis glucose converting to pyruvate. So for each molecule of glucose that's converted to pyruvate, you get a total of two ATP. So it's a very energy ineffective way of producing energy. But one molecule of glucose, when that pyruvate goes into the mitochondria through the Krebs cycle, being used in the electron transport chain, you get 36 molecules of ATP. So it's 16 times more effective for glucose to go to oxidative phosphorylation than to generate ATP through glycolysis. 
So pyruvate can activate pyruvate dehydrogenase and pyruvate carboxylase, allowing for pyruvate or at least glucose to be utilized in the cycle to produce much better energy than through glycolysis. And you don't produce lactate in the process as well. So going forward, these results strongly indicate that NMN, which is nicotinamide mononucleotide, effectively protected against the radiation exposure and reduced the adverse effects of chemotherapy, preventing from DNA damage and aging, restoring two-year-old mice to the physical state at a half year. That's basically nearly turning a 60-year-old man back into a 20-year-old man. So that's the power of increasing NAD. It has very youth-promoting effects, and it protects DNA damage like against damages like radiation. So... Going forward, newly, the first clinical test with oral niacin displayed remarkable salutary, salutary, salutary effects on patients with mitochondrial myopathy. With a 10-month therapy, blood NAD increased up to 8-fold and muscle strength and mitochondrial biogenesis enhanced in all subjects. Patient muscle NAD reached the levels of controls and muscle metabolome also shifted towards normal along with liver fat decreased even 50%. The results was considered the advantage of the results was considered advantageous of NAD over NMN in raising NAD in humans. So that was very fast, fascinating because a lot of people's like you have to use nicotinamide riboside or NMN because they will be superior for increasing NAD levels. But this study found that niacin was equally effective, if not more, it was more advantageous than MNN. NMN at increasing NAD and this would make this would mean that niacin is equally effective to niacinamide as well so if you don't like the flush you can just use niacinamide instead and niacinamide also has other benefits that niacin doesn't have like for example it inhibits SIRT1 it inhibits the PARP enzymes it inhibits CD38 so it inhibits a lot of enzymes that catabolize NAD so it has multiple pathways that it can enhance NAD not just through the synthesis of NAD from niacinamide all right, so talking about senescent cells and senolytics, it has been demonstrated for decades that cellular senescence promotes aging with tissue NAD decline. So the drop in NAD promotes cellular senescence. Again, if you don't produce enough energy, then your cells become senescent. Senescent cells, that is cells in a stress-induced irreversible growth arrest, naturally generated zombie cells in life but actually are metabolically active with a more glycolytic state mimic to cancer cells. The accumulation of these cells in various tissues and organs over time is speculated to initiate to in, intimately associated with organ dysfunction, diabetes, tumorogenesis and aging. So the other study was looking at so many different pathways, what causes senescent cells, but this study shows that it's a decrease in NAD and proper energy production that leads to cellular senescence. So you want to restore proper cellular energy production, and that will prevent cellular senescence. So in summary, increasing NAD and restoring energy production. So this is all just setting the stage for what I'm about to talk about with pyruvate. So these preliminary results evidently indicate the potential and feasibility that intervention with senolytics ameliorated, at least in part, consequences of aging-related diseases in humans. So basically, senolytics is very protective and it can help to restore the youth youthful state, which obviously is so important for so many of us. So now we go over to pyruvate in healthy aging. So this is very, very interesting. It's quite long, but it's very interesting and you will learn a lot. So one... One among potent competitors is sodium pyruvate. 
which is a supplement that you can take that holds all merits of current commercial anti-aging products in markets. As mentioned above, exogenous pyruvate spontaneously and directly generates NAD via the lactate dehydrogenase reductive reaction-free energy, raising intracellular NAD levels on an equimolar, a equal molecular basis. Pyruvate, outstandingly pleiotropic, pleiotropic features many or first of all, enhancement of cellular hypoxia tolerance, reversal of glucometabolic disorder, example, the Warburg effect, by preserving glycolysis via enhancement of the NAD to NADH ratio, and promoting oxidative phosphorylation with reactivating of pyruvate dehydrogenase activity, leading to reversal of lethal hypoxia lactic acidosis and the Warburg effect. Number two, potent dual direct and indirect antioxidant nitrosative stress and anti-inflammatory to inhibit inflammation mediators and cytokine secretions and inflammatory cell infiltration. So it restores energy production, increases NAD has strong anti-inflammatory effects. Number three, protection of mitochondrial structure and endoplasmic reticulum function, as well as against cellular ap apoptosis and so on. So this is important because COVID-19, the virus has been shown to disrupt endoplasmic reticulum function. So pyruvate can enhance this endo, um, endoplasmic reticulum function and that can prevent the damages that occur from uh, that people get from COVID and can potentially be helpful for people that have long COVID. Therefore, pyruvate protects against multi-organ, specifically <clears throat> vital organs dysfunction and improves survival in a diversity of pathogenic injuries, including cardiac, hemorrhagic, traumatic and septic shock, liver cirrhosis, diabetes, neurodegenerative diseases, mitochondriopathy, mitochondriopathy, and even cancer and aging. Clinically, several reports demonstrated pyruvate therapeutic effectiveness and safety in various diseases as well as skin injuries. So they talk about DNA damage here. The PARP activation or NAD depletion retards the repairing of DNA damage. Pyruvate not only generates NAD but also inhibits the PARP activation as evident as evidenced that systemic pyruvate prevents loss of total NAD content and PARP activation in addition to inhibition of oxidative stress protecting brain and liver function in swine subjected to severe hemorrhagic shock. It was found a decade ago that exogenous pyruvate prevent aging and mouse oocytes through NAD. Increase it increases NAD. So oral pyruvate simply raised kidney NAD and attenuated diabetic nephropathy in diabetic mice. So it's protective against a kidney by increasing NAD. And then very interestingly, it was found here that calorie restriction for 14 days in middle-aged rats, other than young ones, altered skeletal muscle metabolism by modulating pyruvate metabolism through glycolysis to oxidative phosphorylation with normalized muscle mass. So one of the benefits of calorie restriction is that it normalizes the utilization of pyruvate and that can like restores NAD levels, uh, normal oxidative phosphorylation, energy production, and that's one of the benefits of calorie restriction. But once you have restored proper glucose oxidation, it's really recommended to not to continue with calorie restriction as that has never been shown to have anti-aging effects or improves your longevity. It just basically restores glucose oxidation. So if you can continue to optimize your glucose oxidation without the deficit, that would be even better. 
The chronic sodium pyruvate supplementation with experimental chow for six months improved the brain metabolism, proving benefits in aging-related cognitive dysfunction. So cognitive dysfunction is also induced by a drop in ATP and energy production. So by taking pyruvate, enhances energy production and ATP levels in the brain, prevents aging-related cognitive dysfunction. Very, very cool. Alternatively, it has been long recognized that the pyruvate dehydrogenase activity is closely pertained in healthy aging and age-related diseases contributing to disturbances of mitochondrial bio uh, bioenergetic homeostasis. So if pyruvate dehydrogenase doesn't work effectively, you get an upper regulation of glycolysis, the Warburg effect, you overproduce lactate. And this is basically upregulating age-related diseases and basically disturbs mitochondrial biogenesis. So if you can restore proper pyruvate metabolism, pyruvate dehydrogenase, that can normalize energy production, prevent these age-related diseases, and upregulate mitochondrial biogenesis. So this is very important because pyruvate upregulates pyruvate dehydrogenase, and pyruvate is also a substrate for pyruvate dehydrogenase to upregulate energy production. So these early studies implied that equal to endogenous pyruvate as a key metabolite of glucose metabolism, exogenous one can modulate glucometabolic disorders, specifically reverse the Warburg effect predominantly as a pyruvate dehydrogenase stimulator and antioxidant anti-inflammatory agent to facilitate prolongation of lifespan in healthy aging as indicated by diabetic mice. So this is very important because they say that exogenous pyruvate is equal to endogenous pyruvate. So the whole point here is that if you can consume enough carbohydrates or just consume adequate levels of carbohydrates, which I deem to be above 200 grams on a daily basis, you will be producing enough pyruvate to get that benefit from pyruvate. Now, obviously, more is not necessarily better, but I tend to stick to the higher range of glucose in my diet or at least carbohydrate sources which would include fructose, glucose, lactose, those kind of stuff. So for me, it's typically between maybe as low as 200 when I'm dieting and up to 500, 400, 500 when I'm bulking and, you know, just drinking a lot of juice and having a lot of fruit and a lot of milk and honey. And that really helps to bump up the carbohydrates. It makes you feel amazing. It helps to increase pyruvate, which has all of these benefits. So moving on, pyruvate deprivation induced mitochondrial alterations and cellular senescence in normal human dermal fibroblasts in normal cell cultures. Endogenous pyruvate protected against cellular senescence in normal fibroblasts by raising NAD generation in vitro. So now a lot of people would say like, yeah, you know, just use NAD that will get the same effect. But it's not that case because pyruvate has so many other effects than just increasing NAD. If you don't have enough NAD, then cells can become senescent. It doesn't work properly anymore. So make sure you have enough pyruvate, enough glucose in the diet. So these data probably indicate that pyruvate owns a stronger capacity to repair DNA damage compared to equimolar NAD. So instead of increasing NAD, why not use pyruvate? Because that will have stronger effects at repairing DNA damage. And this is also important because I'm gonna to talk to you about diabetes in just a moment. So thus, DNA damage repairing may primarily does less depend on ATP requirement, but inhibition of cellular senescence, albeit pyruvate per se, is an energy substrate in selective conditions. Pyruvate probably by both the NAD substitute and a novel senolytic agent may be more beneficial than NAD and senolytics per se, 
due to the multifactorial solitary protection of cell function, including DNA repairing in different molecular mechanisms from NAD. Also importantly, a recent study indicated that the impaired NAD metabolism in diabetes lead to adverse effects from NAD and its precursors. Thus, chronic oral pyruvate may be advantageous over NAD supplementation in diabetic patients for healthy aging. Isn't that so interesting? So instead of using niacinamide or niacin or nicotinamide riboside, just use pyruvate to increase NAD and restore normal energy production because people with diabetes it's not necessarily a, the problem with insulin resistance. It's the problem with they don't generate energy very well. They have a substrate utilization issue. They waste glucose and they incompletely oxidize fatty acids. So this is a, it's a very messy business. So restore glucose oxidation with pyruvate will be much more advantageous than increasing NAD alone by only using like niacinamide or something like that. So then another form of pyruvate. So you get more commonly, you get the calcium pyruvate. Then you also get sodium pyruvate, but then you get the ethyl pyruvate. So ethyl pyruvate is very, very cool because it's more fat soluble. So the absorption is better and the half-life is better. So you only need to use about a tenth of the amount of ethyl pyruvate compared to um, like calcium pyruvate or even less. So if you were going to use like two to five grams of calcium pyruvate, you only have to use 200 to 500 milligrams of ethyl pyruvate and the half-life is much longer. There's also a study showing that because it's more fat soluble, it is found in more areas of the brain, this ethyl pyruvate, compared to the calcium pyruvate. So ethyl pyruvate has additional benefits than using something like just sodium or just calcium pyruvate. So ethyl pyruvate also has additional benefits. A well-known high motility box, group box one, the HMGB1, an inflammatory cytokine in later stages inhibitor also reverse the senescence phenotype in bone marrow stem cells from a type of lupus mice. Also, um, ethyl pyruvate with a component from ligerish through the inhibition of HMGB1 release and inflammatory senescence prevent tau oligomers induced cellular senescence and tauopathies such as Alzheimer's disease, in the brain of mice so that they show that ethyl pyruvate is very very good for brain health other than just enhancing energy production or increasing energy but actually by reducing an inflammatory cytokine in late stages very very cool so they say here that iv pyruvate solutions would be superior to current fluids in critical care patients with various severe pathogenic injuries in reversal of lethal hypoxia lactic acidosis and diabetic ketoacidosis improving survival so the thing with that they use with these iv in hospitals and stuff they use like a lactate solution so as you know lactate has to be converted to pyruvate before it can be used and for that pathway to happen it's going to use nad and convert into nadh so it will kind of like deplete the cell of nad by using lactate and also lactate goes to the liver where it's converted back into glucose through the Cori cycle and you, that uses 6 ATP. So first of all it depletes ATP and NAD making a lactate solution a very very bad idea for unhealthy people. So instead they are suggesting that people use an IV pyruvate solution instead that will be much much better. And the stack that I like a lot would be combining calcium pyruvate with ethyl pyruvate 
So you can get calcium pyruvate from bulk supplements or other places, and then you can get the ethyl pyruvate from a few niche shops, but I get mine from idealabsdc.com and a product called Pyroset. So you combine Pyroset with calcium pyruvate, and you get this benefit of combining normal pyruvate with ethyl pyruvate. So I should mention that ethyl pyruvate in rats and mice, they have an enzyme that can break down, they can detach the ethyl from the pyruvate, so that pyruvate can then also be used by pyruvate dehydrogenase as a substance. But humans don't have that enzyme to break up the ethyl pyruvate into their individual components. So that's why it's important to have additional pyruvate with your ethyl pyruvate, or just having a lot of glucose, because glucose can be broken down into pyruvate, you know, already giving you that substrate. But it could be beneficial to use calcium pyruvate with ethyl pyruvate. That combination can be very potent. And if you are not in a diabetic state, <clears throat> you can add on neosinamide as well, because then your body will produce additional NAD. And if you go check out that video where I talk about the NAD stack, you can throw on quinones as well that will help to recycle NADH back into NAD. So I hope this convinced you to, if you are really interested in longevity and health and reversing aging, which I am, then consuming a higher carb diet can be very, very advantageous because you will benefit a lot from pyruvate since pyruvate helps to increase NAD, restores oxidative phosphorylation, and has strong synolytic effects, prevent that accumulation of those zombie cells. So the best anti-aging diet will not be a ketogenic diet after all. All right, guys, I hope this video was helpful, and I hope it convinced you to add some carbohydrates in your diet. If you do add some carbohydrates into your diet, my preference would be milk and fruit, honey. Let me know how you feel on those foods, and I uh, hope this video was helpful. See you in the next one.